Hey, Barry. Hey, Al. Did you know beholders are polyamorous? I did not. Yeah, they're always seeing multiple people. It's time for Compelled Duel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Compelled Duel. I'm Al. And I'm Barry. And we are a single-player, co-DM'd, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Previously on Compelled Duel. So remember how I told you that the lives of your people were already on the line? Purport is being sacked by Australian pirates right now. What are you- Pirates, ships, swords, blood in the streets, a couple undead that we just had to kill. Do I need to elaborate further to get some fucking action out of you people? There's a reason the city of Purport's never been taken before. Hasn't been used since the time of uh, my great-grandfathers, but we'll have to dust it off, I suppose. This shimmering blue energy in this huge pulse shoots out and starts to spread throughout the city. And from where you are at the door, you can see through the campus a lot of those big, almost featureless stone statues that you saw on your way up start to shift. You've made your point. What are your demands? We're willing to comply if you're willing to spare a pearl port. If you're both on my ship by sunrise, my sailors go back to their ships, and all of this stops. I'm anchored outside the harbor. I'm not gonna say in case we lose, because that's not gonna happen. But if things go sideways, if we don't all make it out of here, I love you. I love you too, but I should kick your ass for entertaining the possibility that we're not all making it out of here. That's an extremely complicated thing for you to say, and I don't think you would have said it if you didn't plan on dying. So I'm gonna kick your ass too. Defiance! You and I have a score to settle. Oh, good. I was worried that you weren't going to make this any fun. Everybody roll initiative. So, we're about to get into a little bit of a nasty fight. And once again, so I am not talking to myself through this entire combat, I am going to be running Leo and all of the NPCs on our team, while Al is going to be running Fee, in addition to Defiance and all of her pirate band. So we're going to start off by rolling initiative. Leo rolled a 16. The captain rolled a 29. <laughs> and Sabine rolled a dirty 20. The rest of the crew is going to be around for narrative purposes and can be pulled in if we need them, but right now, those are the people that are in the combat machine that I am running. The pirates that are going to be fighting with Defiance roll as a group. There are two of them, and they got a 13. Now I'm going to roll for Fee, who got a dirty 20. 
And since she has a higher initiative than Sabine, she's going to go first. Now I'm going to roll for defiance. A nine. Okay. So first up in our initiative, we have the captain who is going to use his movement to move the 15 feet from the bottom deck of the Banshee up onto the upper decks where the helm is. He's going to get within striking distance of Defiance and do one of his swashbuckler features, which is something called Panache. He is going to use his attack action to roll a persuasion check against her insight check. So we'll do that first and see what happens next. So to persuasion, the captain rolled a 17. Okay. Defiance doesn't have great insight, but she rolled a 21. Damn it. Okay. So he just burned his turn. He vaults up there into her combat space, levels his sword at her and just seething. It goes, how many of my people defiance? How many of them were there? Defiance raises her eyebrows and smiles a crooked little smile and says, <laughs> Oh, sweetie, I lost count. And the captain burned his action trying to do that, so we're moving on. Fee, that brings us down to you. I'm going to run up next to the captain on the upper deck, and I'm going to get Defiance and her first mate, the pirate next to her, in a lightning bolt. All right, so I'm casting it at fifth level. So I'm gonna go ahead and roll deck saves for them. Let's roll for the first mate first. That's a 10, that's not gonna save. And Defiance rolled a dirty 20, so she is gonna save, but she's still gonna take half damage. And at fifth level, a lightning bolt does 10d6 damage. Okay, so to start with, that is 40. And then I'm going to use the sorcery point to reroll five. So that's 50 damage, and then Defiance is within 10 feet of me, so she takes an extra five because I'm casting a spell that does lightning damage. So that is 50 for the pirate behind her, and Defiance takes 30. And then it's Sabine's turn. Before Sabine goes... All of you are standing on the deck. Fee, you run up, absolutely fry this pirate that is behind Defiance, insta-kill him. Defiance looks like that didn't feel good, and that she didn't enjoy it. And behind you, you hear the sounds of the crew hitting the deck. If you take a moment to look over your shoulders, you see you swinging across on a grappling hook with her sword out in one hand, and she screams, goes into a rage, her storm aura ripples out around her, and she carves through, like, two pirates in one swipe. Boots and Pelican hit the deck not far behind her. Pelican goes feet first onto the floorboards, fires off an Eldritch Blast, and as a pirate comes up behind him with a sword raised... Boots edges him out of the way, takes the sword hit to the shoulder, but then absolutely eviscerates this dude with a battle axe. And then Sabine is going to take her turn. She's going to move up towards the bow of the ship, where this other pirate officer is standing, and cast a fourth level dissonant whispers on him. So he is going to make a wisdom saving throw. Natural 17. 
Okay, so he's not frightened, he doesn't have to run away, and he's only taking half of this 66 psychic damage. So he takes 12 psychic damage as Sabine runs up on him, does a little dance move, jingles her wrist cuffs a little bit, and goes, I wonder what they're gonna tell your family. (laughs) Sabine! And then it's Leo's turn, so he is going to run down across the deck and up the other staircase to get behind this guy while Sabine is distracting him with his movement. And because Sabine has a flank, he is going to get advantage on this attack. He's going to try to hit this guy with a third level inflict wounds. That's a 16, that's going to hit. And I am going to use my Kimrel's Blade feature to go ahead and get Sneak Attack on this spell. So I'm going to add another d6 to this 5d10 that I'm already rolling. That is 45 necrotic damage, which is way more than Leo needed to be able to run up behind this guy while Sabine has him distracted, knife him in the back, dump this inflict wounds into him, and kill him dead in one stab. So both of these other pirates are dead, which means it's Defiance's turn. So Defiance is gonna cast Crown of Madness. I need the captain to make me a whiz save. 17. Defiance's save DC is an 18. Shit! So Defiance is gonna use her movement to back up, grinning maliciously. As a crown of twisted, jagged iron materializes in the air around the captain's head, and his eyes start to glow a bright, poisonous green. And then it is the captain's turn, so can I get him to make a melee attack on Fee? Ah! I hate it here. 17. Fee's AC is 16 with the shield. That's gonna hit. And... Because Defiance backed up and he's got his good sword, it's going to be 1d8 and then 66 for rakish audacity. I hate this. So that's 29, but because Fee has warning bond from that spell with Leo, it's going to get halved to 15. He takes a swing at her because he has to. His body is moving not like he usually does, it's very clear that he's being puppeted and there are tears streaming out of his eyes as he lunges forward. He gets fee for that 15 damage, and from all the way across the ship, Leo staggers forward and a bloom of blood appears across his shirt exactly where Fee just got stabbed. But then he's allowed to use his movement, which he is going to use to get the fuck away from Fee. After he realizes what's happening to him, he runs all the way to the stern of the ship. And then he gets to try to whiz save out. Fifteen, he doesn't do it. Fee, it is your turn. The captain has just stabbed you in the chest, and you get the feeling that it should have hurt way more than it did. But you saw Leo stagger forward and take some of that damage for you. And then he books it away from you and flattens himself up against the back railing of the ship and is just through gritted teeth grinding out, run, run. Fee's gonna bolt down the stairs and try to get towards the middle of the ship more. And then she's gonna use her action to cast a fifth level witch bolt on Defiance. Okay, roll to hit. 
Natural 15 is a 25. That's absolutely going to hit. Roll damage. Uh, I'm going to use another sorcery point to do empowered spell. So that's 50 lightning damage. So Defiance has to make a DC 25 con save to keep concentration on that crown of madness, which she can do. And because of her warcaster feat, she gets advantage on the save. God damn it. One of those was a natural 20. Yep, she saves. The crown of madness is still up. And insult to injury, Defiance is going to cast a fourth level Hellish Rebuke on Fee as a reaction. So Fee's going to make a dex save. 18, that'll do it. Yes. Defiance straightens up with a snarl, holds her orb out, and casts this high-level hellish rebuke. And the dark lightning in her orb starts to coalesce almost like smoke and go jagged and reaches out towards Fee. But here's the thing. Of this 5d10 damage, Fee only takes half because she rolled the save. And then she takes half of that because she is resistant to lightning damage. And then Leo gave her resistance to everything with warding bonds. So she takes an eighth of the full damage. So Fee and Leo both take three damage from one of Defiance's two fourth level spell slots. So Leo and Fee both take this damage from all the way across the ship. Leo flinches just a little bit as he feels the shock of the damage, looks down and sees what Fee has done as far as sloughing off all this lightning damage goes. He looks up at Defiance and does a little upward nod and goes, Oh man, did I just touch a doorknob or something? That stung a little bit. And then it is Sabine's turn. Sabine sees Fee take this damage from the Hellish Rebuke, even though it's not much. But since she has a dead pirate in front of her, with Leo standing behind him holding a knife, she figures her talents are of use elsewhere and goes taking off down the stairs to the lower decks and gets one hand around Fee's shoulder, casts Cure Wounds at second level. So Fee's going to get 11 hit points back from that. She shakes her wrists, dumps all these healing points back into Fee and goes, Are you okay? Uh... Fine, but that helped. Thank you. She looks around at the carnage happening. The crew are just spilling over onto the deck of this ship and fighting these pirates. Sabine claps you on the back and goes, go kick her ass. And she's going to give Fee a D10 of Bardic Inspiration. And now we are down to Leo, who is going to move to be within 30 feet of Defiance. He's going to run away from the pirate that he just killed and go back to the lower deck after Sabine. He raises Kimrel's blade and points it at her and goes, Hey, Defiance! Remind me again whose head's going to be swinging off the bowsprit. And casts a fourth level blight. I'm using my Kimrel's blade feature to do max damage on that. She's going to need to roll me a con save. 19. Okay, so she does save on that, but she is still going to take half of max damage. Max damage is 64, so she's going to take 32 damage from it regardless. Hey, Leo, roll me a dex save. <laughs> Uh-oh. 23! Okay, so you take half of this 4d10 lightning damage as Defiance casts a third level Hellish Rebuke on you. That's 15 lightning damage as Defiance whips around to look at you, 
still grinning brightly with just malice. Aww, isn't that cute? You think you can play in the big leagues? And then she whips her orb hand out at you, and dark void lightning just crackles into your chest. Oh, yeah, that didn't feel good, but Fee's not going to take that damage because warding bond only works one way. I only take damage when she does. It doesn't go the other way, so. That's fine. Leo's still got over 50 hit points. He can take a couple more licks. Okay, so it's Defiance's turn. She snarls and drops the crown of madness on the captain. The iron crown around his head fizzles away as Defiance uses her cleansing touch ability to end Fee's Witch Bolt. So she is no longer able to be damaged by that. Fee will have to roll to hit her again if she wants to. And then for her bonus action, she is going to use one of her lair actions, which allow her to call other members of her crew into combat to support her. She gets to do this three times a day and she gets to roll 1d6 for how many of her pirates join in. It's a five. Okay. <laughs> Four of the bog standard pirates and one fully trained Asherian battle mage dip out of the combats they are currently involved in and their crew members swarm around who they are fighting with to give them the space to back out. And they all drop in ready to come to Defiance's defense. I've placed them on the map and we're back at the top of the order with the captain. Okay, that's a lot of aggro in very bad places on the map. Um, I mean, magically right now, Defiance is still the biggest threat, and the captain's out from under that crown of madness, so he's gonna run up in melee range of her. And right now, he is focused on keeping her off of everyone else so they can handle all of these pirates. He's gonna try to do the panache maneuver again. So he's going to roll Persuasion. Defiance is going to roll Insight. To Persuasion, he rolled a 25. Mechanically, Defiance cannot roll a 25 to Insight. So that's going to do it. Okay, so mechanically, here's what's going on. Defiance has disadvantage on attack rolls against targets and cannot make opportunity attacks against creatures other than the captain for the next minute or until one of our other allies engages with her or she gets more than 60 feet away from him. Okay, sure thing. The captain drops out of this crown of madness spell takes off running for defiance skids in front of her as she tries to move and levels the blade of his cutlass at her throat. I've had quite enough of you making me responsible for hurting the people I love. And then over his shoulder, he shouts, She's mine! You handle the rest of them! But that's his action. He can't attack this round. And with that, Fee, we are down to you. Fee is going to move five feet to the side and cast a lightning bolt at two of the pirates in front of her. So that's going to be at fourth level. So I'm going to have them both make deck saves. That's a 19 and an 11. One of them is going to save. The guy that is up on the captain because he is surrounded right now is going to fail the save and take full damage. The one right in front of Fee is going to take half. I'm going to use Empowered Spell 
So I'm going to reroll five of those. Okay, so that's going to be 35 lightning damage on the guy that's up on the captain. So half of that is 18 for the guy in front of Fee. But the guy that's in front of Fee, because he is within 10 feet of her, is going to take an additional five lightning damage. And then it's Sabine's turn. So what Sabine is going to do first is use one of her College of Glamour bard traits called Mantle of Inspiration. You are all within 60 feet of her, so what she is going to do is grant all of you 11 temporary hit points, and then allow each of you to move up to your speed without provoking any opportunity attacks. She does a very complicated dance move where she spins around, flicks her wrists, and then stomps her foot down. And as her bells jingle, a ripple of healing magic comes out from her and touches you, Leo, and the captain. Everybody kind of turns to look at her as this big wave of sound comes out when she stomps her foot down, and she just yells, GO! And then for her action, she's going to cast a third level Dissonant Whispers at the pirate in front of her, so he's going to make a whiz save. (sighs) That's an 18, so he saves, but he is going to take half of this 5d6 psychic damage. That was 23, so it's halved to 12. Leo is using his reaction to move his full 30-foot walking speed up onto the bow of the ship to get within attack range of this battle mage. The captain appreciates that temp HP, but he is standing his ground and remaining engaged with Defiance. Fee, are you headed anywhere with your reaction? I'm going to try to get between the captain and the guy that I hit with the lightning bolt that's going to stab him in the back any second now. Okay, you absolutely managed to do that. You are now at a right angle, kind of, between this pirate and the captain. The captain's at a diagonal from him. And now we are down to Leo, who has to use less than 10 feet of movement to finish closing on this mage, and twirls his knife around his finger, and stabs at him for a fourth level inflict wounds. That's exactly 12. That's just gonna hit his AC. Holy shit. That said, I am gonna use the second charge of my new Kimmerl's Blade feature that lets me add sneak attack to this 6d10 necrotic damage that I'm about to roll. 46. I one-hit KO him. Yes, you do. All right. And with that, it's down to the pirates. The first one's going to roll two attacks on the captain. So that's 23 damage on the captain. Given the 11 temp HP he got from Sabine, oh no, he's at 103, oh no! Alright, second pirate is going to use both of his longsword attacks on Fee. The one that just attacked the captain is going to use his uh, shape up ye dog <laughs> reaction. To let his buddy reroll one of those attacks. It's not going to hit, though. So one of those is going to hit. Fee takes 1d10 plus 5 damage. So 9. She and Leo are both going to take half of that, which rounds up to 5. Third pirate's going to attack Sabine. Ooh. Oh! 
That's two natural 18s. Those are going to hit. Oh, my God, Sabine. She's going to take 2d10 plus 10 damage. 19 damage for Sabine. And the fourth one's going to make two swings on Leo. One's a natural 19. The other one, the pirate fighting Sabine, is going to use his shape up, your dog. So that's a 15 on the die. Yep, that's a 24 and a dirty 20. So 2d10 plus 10 damage for Leo. 19. And then it is Defiance's turn. So first of all, she's going to use her action to use all 75 of her Lay on Hands points and give herself back those 75 hit points. So good for her, bad for us. And then she is going to use her bonus action to invoke another one of her lair actions and call in more pirates. Uh oh. So I'm gonna roll a d6. A one, a one, a one. Two. Okay. <laughs> and as Defiance calls out for reinforcements, two Asturian battle mages turn their focus on you. Ah! One of them is up on the top deck near the front on a flank with Leo and the pirate that he's engaged with. And the other is down on the main deck, kind of behind a mast. So he is not in melee range of Sabine, but probably he's going to focus on her because he's closest to her. Oh, this isn't good. And then we are back up at the top with the captain. He is not going to be able to get his rakish audacity on this one because he has a bunch of pirates within five feet of him. So he's just going to be rolling a regular attack on Defiance. That's a dirty 20, which is going to hit, but he only does 12 damage. It's actually six. Defiance has resistance to slashing, piercing, and bludgeoning damage from non-magical weapons. Well, shit. And that's all he can do this round. He slashes at her and doesn't do a whole lot of damage. Fee, you're up. Okay, I'm gonna cast a 4th level Witch Bolt on the pirate next to me. Uh, that's a 17, that's gonna hit. So that's gonna be 4d12, so... I'm gonna use a sorcery point for Empowered Spell. So that's gonna be a total of 41 damage, and then he's within 10 feet of me, so he takes an extra 5. Oh, he's very dead. He's very dead. You light this guy up and his skeleton flashes and he just drops to the ground. Okay, and then I'm going to move up to try to give the captain a flank on defiance. Okay, and then we are down to Sabine, who sees all of these reinforcements turning about to engage with your party. She locks eyes with the mage, who's a couple squares away from her on the map. Breaks out into a big grin, her gold tooth flashing in the moonlight, and goes, You know, usually in combat, Let's Dance has a little bit more of a metaphorical meaning, but I don't see where the fun in that is. And then she jingles both of her wrist bracers and casts Otto's Irresistible Dance. The mage is going to have to roll me a whiz save. As a five. Yes! Okay, so he's dancing now, and he gets disadvantage on all saving throws, ability checks, and attack rolls, and also everybody has advantage on attacks against him. And he'll have to burn his turn to save out every round. 
and then it's Leo's turn. He is going to use his cunning action to bonus action disengage from the pirate and the battle mage that have him flanked. Use his movement to jump down off the upper deck and onto the main deck and move out towards the side. He's not within melee range of either the mage or the pirate that are down here. And he's going to use his last fourth level spell slot to cast a ray of sickness at the mage that is in the irresistible dance. So I'm going to get advantage on that. Yeah, and he's going to take double damage because it's poison damage. So that's a 26 to hit. And I'm going to roll 5d8 poison damage. (sighs) That's a 19 which doubled is still 38, and that's not enough to one-hit KOM. Wait, I have one more use of sneak attack. Can I add that on after I hit? I have one more charge on Kimrel's Blade to add sneak attack to a spell. Yeah, go ahead. Watch me roll a one. (laughs) Five, he's dead. And then we're down to Defiance's crew, and the mage that you just gave the high ground on you and Sabine is up first. So he's going to back up onto the bowsprit and use his single fifth level spell slot to cast Cone of Cold. So I'm going to need Leo and Sabine to make deck saves, and I'm going to roll one for Fee and two for both of the Pirates of Defiance's crew that are going to be caught in this blast. Leo got a dirty 20. 15 for Sabine, but that's enough to save. And then I'm going to roll for the pirate NPCs that are caught in the crossfire. They both save. Fee is standing just within the bounds of this cone. She will be fine even if she takes full damage, both because she has enough hit points to deal with it and because she has resistance right now because of warding bond. Because of that, Leo, who has 43 hit points right now, will take half of whatever damage Fee takes. So, let's hope Fee saves. That's a natural 17. (gasps) That's a dirty 20, Fee saves. Okay, 8d8 damage. 32, so everybody is taking 16 damage, except for Fee, who is taking 8, and Leo, who is taking 24. Uh, this mage does friendly fire murder the one of his friends that is standing next to Sabine. <laughs> and then it's the next pirate's turn, and that's the one that is up on the captain, given defiance a flank. So he's going to take two longsword attacks on the captain, and he's going to get advantage on both because defiance is flanking. <laughs> no! He's only going to hit with one of those, but he did roll a nat 20. So the captain takes 18 damage. Okay, so this pirate that is up on the upper deck with the mage is going to run down. Leo is the closest target, so he's going to make two longsword attacks on Leo. One of those is not going to hit. It's a 9, but the other one's an 18 that's going to hit. 6. That did not feel good. Leo has 14 hit points. So then it's Defiance's turn, and she's going to make a longsword attack on the captain. That was a natural 19. That's going to hit. So she's going to do 
1d8 plus 8 damage on that. 13. And then she's going to expend her 4th level spell slot to do a Divine Smite. So that's going to be another 6d8 radiant damage. 35 additional damage. And she gets two attacks per action, so she's going to make another one. It's a natural 18. That's going to hit. Okay, so she rolls 1d8 for the sword. 6 plus 8 is 14, and she adds a d8 because she can just do that with her improved Divine Smite every time she hits. So that's another 4, so 18 total on that attack. And since she hasn't used her bonus action, she's going to add a Thunderous Smite, which is another 2d6 damage. Two. And then I need the captain to make me a strength save. DC 18. 14. That's not going to do it. So the captain is pushed back 10 feet into the railing of the ship and knocked prone. And then it's his turn. Oof, okay. The captain has 17 hit points left. He goes flying back through the air, crashes into the railing, and crumples to the ground in a heap. But then digs the point of his cutlass into the wood of the deck and gets back up. He's gonna use his halved movement from getting up from being knocked prone to move back onto Defiance's other side. Point his sword at her again. He coughs up a good bit of blood. You want me dead, lass? You'll have to try a little harder than that. And because Fee's flanking her, he's going to get advantage to hit her. 26. That's absolutely going to do it. Get her. And he gets sneak attack because Fee is flanking. So that was a total of 31 damage, but since Defiance is resistant to all of that, she's only going to take 16. I need the captain to make me a DC 18 dex save. Natural 19 plus 9, 28. Okay, so he takes half damage as Defiance snarls. <laughs> Sweetie, I'm just getting warmed up. And casts a third level Hellish Rebuke. That is seven lightning damage. He dodges the worst of it. He's at 10 hit points. He is still up. And now it is Fee's turn. Okay. Fee takes in the situation going on in this upper deck. Yeah, I don't think she's going to say anything. She's just going to grab the captain and cast Thunderstep. I'm going to roll Conseys for Defiance and the pirate behind her. Defiance rolls 22. And the pirate rolls a nat 20. So they're both going to save and take half of this 3d10 thunder damage. So they both take 8 thunder damage as Fee grabs the captain and thundersteps them up on top of the mainmast. And that does mean that Warding Bond and Panache are both ended because Fee is more than 60 feet away from Leo and she has made an attack on Defiance. You warp out of the teleportation, and the captain staggers up against you and coughs up a larger, more alarming amount of blood. (coughs) I had her on the ropes. You didn't. Shut up and sit down. (laughs) 
You know, usually I get all tingly inside when you get authoritative with me like that, lass, but I think you're right. And now it's Sabine's turn. I have a little bit of an unorthodox idea for how this is going to go, but we'll see what happens. Sabine watches you thunderstep up into the crow's nest, turns on her heel, and takes off running back for the upper deck, where the mage that cast that cone of cold is still balanced on the bowsprit. She has just enough movement to get up within five feet, also balancing, holding on to one of the ropes to keep her upright. As she shuffles out along the bowsprit, she does a quick little dance move and stomps her foot down and goes... You know, isn't it hilarious that a bunch of mangy pirates are going to be what kills you? And casts Tasha's hideous laughter. The mage is going to have to make a wisdom saving throw. 13, that's a failure. Okay, since he's balancing on the bowsprit, falling prone would mean what? I'm going to roll a d20, and unless he rolls a nat 20 right now, he falls off the ship. That's a three. This mage is fucking gone. Okay, and now we're down to Leo, who really should heal himself, but isn't going to because he's an idiot. He's going to make a regular old stab attack on the pirate right in front of him. 26. So that's going to hit. So he's going to do his 1d6 plus 5 damage to start. So that's 10 damage. And then he is going to use his channel divinity touch of death to add an extra 23 necrotic damage to the attack. The pirate had 29 hit points left. He is dead. And then as a free action, he's going to turn over his shoulder, look up into the crow's nest where Fee is, and yell... I've got an idea. I need cover fire and crowd control. Get everybody to the front of the ship. Can do. And then we are down to our last remaining pirate and defiance. Well, our last pirate friend can just barely move far enough to get into melee range with Leo. So he's going to roll two longsword attacks. But they were both fours. Fuck yes. Four is on the die, so he rolled two nines. Uh, he misses both times. <laughs> Extremely injured, Leo dodges out of the way, looking very frightened. And then it's Defiance's turn. Can I get the captain to make me a whiz save? Come on with this. Natural 20! Natural 20! Eat shit, Defiance! So Defiance casts a crown of madness, and this iron crown slowly starts to coalesce in the air around the captain's head, and then it just dissolves into nothing. Uh, so, yeah, that's her action. Uh, she's going to use her full movement to run down and give her pirate friend a flank on Leo. And as her bonus action, she's going to use her third and final lair action to call in 1d6 of pirates. That's a three. So she's going to call in another two Asturian battle mages and one regular pirate. And now it's the captain's turn. Uh, he's up in the crow's nest with Fee, so he doesn't really have any attack options. He looks over at Fee, 
wipes the blood off of his face and goes, You gotta let me go down there. Sabine and Leo can heal me up. I'm no use to anyone up here. How are you planning to get down there, genius? Feed gestures to the 50-foot drop out of the crow's nest. I've got a ride. He leans over the railing and yells, Sabine! Express trip if you don't mind! And Sabine, still balancing on the bowsprit, goes, You got it! Fee, it is your turn next. I'm gonna cast a storm sphere over the entire back half of the ship. That's my last fourth level spell slot, but I'm gonna angle it so I can get Defiance, the pirate that's up on Leo, and one of the mages that just entered the combat. Okay, so Defiance, the pirate, and the mage are all gonna make strength saving throws or take 2d6 bludgeoning damage. And everybody on the ship except Sabine, the captain, and Fee right now with where we're all positioned has disadvantage on perception checks to listen or get any information in an auditory medium uh, because it's fuck off loud here now. (laughs) Every single one of them failed that save. Every single one of them failed that save, so they're all taking 2d6 bludgeoning damage. So they're all going to take 8 bludgeoning damage as Fee brings her hands up and then just slams them down at her sides. As a sphere for 20 feet in every direction erupts beneath her with roiling storm clouds and flashing lightning. And then it's Sabine's turn. Sabine hears the captain request her aid and moves down off of where she was balancing on the bowsprit. She's going to move 10 feet down to be up against the railing at the bow of the ship. And she's going to cast Dimension Door. Fee, you were standing there in the crow's nest, so you see this happen. A swirling portal of fiery yellow and gold and red light appears in the air behind the captain. And then as a bonus action, Sabine is going to use another use of Mantle of Inspiration. So everybody gets 11 temporary hit points and gets to use their reaction to move up to their full speed, which will... A, allow Leo to get out of this combat range with Defiance and the other pirate. And B, allows the captain to lean in, give you a quick kiss. See you later, lass. And completely trust fall backwards into this dimension door. You see him crash through the door on the other side, right into Sabine's arms. And that is her turn. Leo's up next, so he's going to use that reaction he got from Sabine to move 25 feet up onto the upper deck, get down on Sabine and the captain, and with his turn, he is going to drop a prayer of healing on the three of them. So Leo, the captain, and Sabine are all getting 20 hit points back. And since that movement he used just now was a reaction from his previous turn, he's going to use his cunning action to bonus action disengage 
and then his actual movement to run back down onto the lower deck, avoiding what would have been an opportunity attack from the mage that's down there. He's going to get right back up on the edge of the storm sphere on a diagonal from Defiance. Up next is the first of our mage friends. The storm sphere is difficult terrain, so our mage friend here is going to have to use a dash action to get out. They're going to have to run right past Leo. Is he going to use an opportunity attack? No, I'm saving my reaction for someone else. Okay. And then it's the next pirate's turn. Pirate's going to use their movement to try to get up to the upper decks. And they start their turn in the storm sphere. So they're going to have to use 10 feet just to get out. But they do run up to the upper decks. And they're not within range to do a melee attack on anyone. And then it's the second mage's turn, and this is about to be interesting. And her other mage friend is going to use their single 5th level spell slot to cast a 5th level magic missile up on Fee. So that's an automatic hit. It's going to be 7d4 plus 7. So that's a total of 28 damage on Fee. So she's going to have to roll a DC 14 con save. She gets plus 6. That's a 16. Easily, Fee keeps the storm sphere. That eats up all of Fee's temp HP, and it puts her down quite a bit, but she is still standing in the crow's nest, and she still has the storm sphere up. And then it's our second pirate friend's turn. And this pirate's going to go for Sabine and make two longsword attacks. The lower one's a 15, so those are both going to hit. So Sabine takes 2d10 plus 10 damage. So Sabine takes 22 slashing damage. And then it's Defiance's turn. She's going to run up onto the upper deck. Leo, she pays you no mind. She just blows right past you. Do you want to take an opportunity attack? I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. Dirty 20. That'll hit. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I'd like to use my other channel, Divinity. So first off, she's taking 11 damage just from the stab with Kimrel's blade, and then she's going to take an additional 23. So that's 34 damage on Defiance. As she goes to run past him, Leo gets her by the back of the shirt and yanks her back, and into her ear goes, You know, for somebody that was talking a really big game about how fun and easy this was going to be, and then he jabs the knife into her back. You're looking a little worse for wear. Leo, make me a deck save. Yeah, I figured that was going to happen. Worth it. 16. That's not going to do it. 23 lightning damage. Defiance whirls around, casts a hellish rebuke at you bares her teeth in just a vicious grin and says, Hold that thought, kid. I got bigger fish to fry. And she takes her full movement to run up onto the upper decks. And then it's the captain's turn. Before the captain takes his turn, as a free action, Leo is going to reel back from that hellish rebuke and hiss in pain, but then turn around over his shoulder to look at the captain. 
Captain, I would advise you to get the hell out of my way, preferably as close to the bow as possible. This is about to get interesting. And on his turn, the captain is going to listen to Leo for once in his life because he's not feeling good. He's going to move through Sabine's space, which is going to cost him 10 feet of movement instead of 5, but then get up around the other side of her to where they are now both flanking one of the pirates. And he's going to roll an attack with advantage for that. 18, that's going to hit. And because Sabine is flanking, he gets to use his sneak attack on this. 25 damage on the pirate. And then, Fee, it is your turn. I'm going to use a bonus action to call forth lightning from the storm sphere and make a ranged spell attack on the pirate that is between the captain and Sabine. That's a 27. That's absolutely going to hit. I'm going to use Empowered Spell to re-roll some of these. That's going to be 20 lightning damage. And that is literally the exact amount of damage you needed to kill this pirate. You see the captain stab him once, and the pirate raises his longsword to repost the attack, and you just fry him with this lightning bolt, and he drops to the deck dead. And then I'm going to thunderstep myself back down to the deck next to the captain and Sabine. And then it's Sabine's turn. Sabine smirks back over at Fee as she teleports down onto the deck next to her and the captain. Welcome back. Impressive work. And then she turns over to the captain, who is still very bloody, and goes, What did I tell you about picking fights? and then reaches out to press her hand to the side of his face, flicks her wrist a little bit, and casts a fourth-level Cure Wounds on him. Unfortunately, Sabine rolled ass, so the captain only gets 16 hit points back from that, but the gesture is appreciated. And now it's Leo's turn. Like Leo said, he had an idea... I want to ask some questions, since you are kind of the person controlling the battle map right now. I have a spell from my Death Cleric sheet called Anti-Life Shell that casts a 10-foot radius sphere around me. If I were to stand in the middle of the ship, which is 20 feet across, and cast this... And I happened to be standing on the same column in the grid as the two mages that are here right now. What would happen to them? Because all living creatures, anything that is not undead, gets hedged out when I cast the spell. <laughs> um, I, I would say that they would get pushed to the railing and make deck saves to not fall off the ship. Okay, you should do that, because I've been sitting on my one fifth level spell slot for this entire combat, and Leo runs up along the wall separating the main deck from the upper decks, gets right in line with these two mages, and throws up an anti-life shell to keep anyone else from escaping down off the upper deck. Okay. Both of these mages rolled natural ones to their deck save. 
I am not shitting you. Look at my dice tray right now. <laughs> Fuck yes! <laughs> With two nat ones, I launched them. Yeah, you fucking... <laughs> you cast this anti-life shell and both of these mages just instantly off the boat. They get scooped as if by like a snow shovel. Just whoop. Gone. Fucking gone. The rest of the crews of the Banshee and the Moray and the ship have been fighting around you. So I do think as this sphere just pushes people away, most people kind of catch themselves on the railing. Pelican was fighting somebody about five feet in from the edge of where this sphere is. So the space around you gets completely cleared out except for Pelican who's just standing there with a knife in hand and goes, huh? Oh yeah, Pelican, you're good. The bird says, oh dear. And then Pelican shrugs and starts casting a spell. Leo is not using his movement this turn. He is standing his ground with this anti-life shell up because right now he effectively has Defiance penned in at the bow of the ship and it is three on two. It's down to the pirate and defiance. The pirate is going to go for the captain, since they are right next to each other. That's going to be two longsword attacks. And one of them is going to be rolled with disadvantage, because Fee is standing right there. First one's a nat 20. Second one is a two, so a seven. But one of them wasn't at 20, so that's going to be 2d10 plus 5. Captain takes 20 damage. The captain takes 10 damage. He uses uncanny dodge. Alright. It's Defiance's turn. She's going to run up on Fee and try to hit her with a longsword. First attack is a 22. That's going to hit. Second one. Second one's not going to hit. Defiance is going to run up on Fee, bring her sword up, and say, You know, I know I was supposed to bring you in alive, but... Mistakes happen. And she's going to hit with that longsword attack, and she's going to add her Divine Smite using a second level spell slot, which is going to let her add 3d8, and with improved Divine Smite, she gets another d8 automatically, plus her 1d8 from her actual sword. And she's going to cast Thunderous Smite to add 2d6. So I'm going to roll all that fucking damage right now. So she does a total of 41 damage in one hit. And Fee has to make a strength save or be pushed back 10 feet, which will put her crashing into Sabine and both of them risking falling off the ship. Natural 19. Fuck yeah. If he takes his thunderous smite to the chest, but she is not pushed back. She is bloody. She has three hit points right now, but she grins back in defiance and she says, I suppose they do. And she uses her one hell attribute of the day. So defiance is going to make a dex save. That's a dirty 20, but she still takes half damage. 
So that is 11 damage for Defiance. And then it's the captain's turn. Okay, the captain is engaged with this pirate. Fee is within five feet. She's flanking, so he's going to get sneak attack and advantage. That's an 18. That is going to hit him. And that is 33 damage, which is way more than enough to kill this pirate. The captain takes advantage of the distraction being caused by Defiance and Fee getting engaged with each other and lunges forward and fully cuts this guy navel to neck and lets him drop down on the deck. And Fee, you are up. I'm going to use a bonus action to have lightning shoot out of the storms here at Defiance. That's a 19 to hit. That's going to do it. That's 12. And then, oh, I'm so low on spell slots. Um, I'm going to cast a first level Witch Bolt at her. It's another natural 19. All right, so that's going to be 1d12 damage. Nine. And then Defiance is going to do a second level Hellish Rebuke. Sophie's going to make a deck save. It's a 16. I am going to use my Inspiration die from Sabine. That's a 6. That's enough to do it. Sophie's going to take half damage. And it's 3d10. That's 22 damage. Even half. Fee's unconscious. Okay, and now it's Sabine's turn. She is right behind Fee. She is going to lunge forward and get Fee by the shoulder and cast Cure Wounds. She's going to do that at 5th level. So Fee's back up with 32 hit points. And now it's Leo's turn. He is still maintaining his concentration on this anti-life shell to prevent anything messing with what's going on on the front of the ship. He's going to cast Spiritual Weapon, make it pop up within 5 feet of Defiance, and roll to hit. That's a 10. So, it doesn't hit. And now, with this last pirate down, the last round of our combat goes to Defiance. With a total of four hit points, bloody, limping, she skirts around the edge of the captain's threatened area and shuffles out to the very tip of the bowsprit holding on to one of the ropes for support. At the very edge, she turns around, looking at all of you gathered in front of this barrier that Leo has put up at the back of the upper deck, and throws her head back and laughs. You're all out of your fucking minds! She snaps her head around to look at the captain. What, you think that you're gonna stop it? You and your little fleet against the entire collected might of Australia? And then she turns to look at Sabine. And you, you want the truth so bad, but if you knew it, it would turn your stomach. 
She looks over at Leo, still holding up this spell, keeping his concentration. You want that throne so bad, do you know what it sits on top of? And finally, Fee, she turns to look at you, still gripping this orb of void-like lightning in her palm. And you, I, I think you're the saddest one of all. Putting all your faith behind the broken shell of a dead goddess. Believe you me when the chips are down, when it really matters. The Stormbringer's not gonna help you. Just like she didn't help me. I've seen what you're trying to stop. I've seen what's coming for all of you. And I just hope I'm there to see it when it finally takes you. And then she turns around and jumps off the ship. She's going to make an athletics check to not take any fall damage from jumping into the ocean. Natural 17, she definitely does it. And she's going to use the remainder of her action and her movement to dash swim away from the ship. The crew is easily able to handle the rest of the combatants left on this ship, and before long, you are all standing in an eerie, death-soaked silence. So, that combat sucked. Just for posterity, let's talk about where we all are right now. The captain's at 46 hit points, Fee's at 32, and has three second level and four first level spell slots left. Sabine's at 72 after a good bit of healing magic, and has a couple of each level except fifth of spell slots left, because bards. Leo is at 22, and has one second level and three first level spell slots left. This sucked. This sucked so bad. Uh, Leo, roll me perception really quick. 27. As you are all gathered around the bowsprit after Defiance jumps off of her own ship, you start to see out of the corner of your eye the approach of dozens of Asturian sailing vessels. Well, shit. Okay, friends, two critical points about our next steps. First of all, should we, like, go after her? The captain wipes some blood off of his mouth and says, Ah, the sharks will handle it. Excellent. That's probably the optimal solution to that problem, given that the second one is that we have incoming company. Everybody turns to follow your line of sight. Sabine curses colorfully and at length. And the captain, like, scrubs a hand over his face. And Fee says, Well, uh, it would serve us to get the fuck out of here, it seems. Post-haste. And go where? We can't go back to Pearlport. That defeats the whole purpose of everything we just did. I, I don't know. We'll go somewhere else to figure things out. I don't... Somewhere else. All right, we're down to the wire, and I have a little bit of a crazy pitch. The captain says, Well, given how close we're shaving things, 
crazy might serve us well here. I think we might have just solved our blockade problem. We need a way to get through it unnoticed, and we're standing on one of the flagships of the Australian Navy right now. We're on Defiance's boat. There's a pause as the ships are getting closer. Sabine starts to grin crookedly, and she says, Well, and ostensibly, we have Defiance. Okay, Sabine, I'm trying really hard to not be mean right now, because I get that there was a lot that just happened, but did you, like, fully miss her big supervillain monologue, followed by her jumping into the water? I just, I need to clarify that. Sabine raises her eyebrows at you, and she says, Did you, like, fully miss that I'm the greatest bard that's come out of Australia in the last 5,000 years? And then she raises a hand, snaps, and casts Disguise Self. And you watch, like, the physicality of her melt into defiance. Oh, that is super fucking unsettling. The captain says, That's nightmare fuel is what it is. Turn it off. (laughs) And Fee says, Can't help but agree. Very disturbed by this. (laughs) Sabine, in an extremely Sabine and extremely not defiance move, sticks her tongue out at both of them, and then turns back to you, Leo. And it's still her voice, almost. And still very obviously Sabine's mannerisms. She says, I mean, I'll have to work on my Defiance impression to fool anybody, but... You just have to fool them as we're sailing past them at full speed. Let's go. She turns the disguise self off. (laughs) Leo looks over at the captain. How long do you think we have before those ships catch up? The captain looks at the approaching ships, clicks his tongue, says, Ah! Fifteen minutes, at the most. Fee, do you have the juice left to make him sail into the wind? Uh, if I go ahead and fuck with Fee's spell sheet, she has just enough juice to cast a control winds. So she's gonna go ahead and do that. It's a hundred foot cube out in the middle of the Pearlport Harbor, just gusts blowing ships back. Alright, so now we're looking like closer to twenty minutes. The captain nods, scrubs a hand over his mouth, and then he yells over at where Miriam Adler is wiping blood off of her cutlass. Miriam, you think you can run things around here for a few months? Miriam looks up, raises her eyebrows, and says, Aye, I think I could manage that. The captain nods back at her, and he says, Right, it's yours then. Muster uh, all of our people that you can. Protect the oils. And he looks around at the rest of the members of the fleet that are over on the Banshee, cleaning up from this combat, and yells, We'll need about 15 to run this tub. Anyone that would like to see Vogvaldar, you're welcome to stay. And the situation starts shaking out. Most people jump back over. You see the captain ushering Boots and Pelican back across to the ship. And you, like, stomps her foot (laughs) and says, Well, you're not leaving me behind here. And the captain pinches the bridge of his nose and says, Look, the fact of it is, Miriam's going to need help to run things. And you are one of the most authoritative people that I know. And I'm not risking you on a fool's run across the Australian blockade. There's a long pause. And then you just like lunges forward and hugs him. And you hear her say, Better come back, all right? And the captain reaches up and pats her back and says, 
I was planning on it. Now get on over there, alright? Sabine from behind them yells, And send Lorelai back, if you could. You says, She gets to come! And the captain just raises both hands and goes, Not my decision! And you jumps the gap back to the ship, grumbling. Lorelai stops before she jumps onto the banshee and is just like, holding one of Glasses's hands like two kids about to be separated after summer camp. It's very adorable. But then she's gonna walk one of the boarding planks over to the Banshee. Yeah, I'm assuming things on deck are still pretty bad looking. Quite. Uh, there are a lot of dead people on this boat right now. Leo's gonna set himself up as a little bit of a physical barrier right in front of Lorelai and tell her to look down at the floor and try to get her below decks so she doesn't have to see a lot of this. Oh yeah, she hops over, seems to process what's going on around her on the boat for a second, and then closes her eyes, puts her hands over them, and goes, ew, ew, ew. I know, I know it's bad. Come on, this way. And he's gonna go get her settled below decks somewhere safe. As soon as he does that, he's gonna run right back up on deck and see how he can help. The captain is staying over and helping you out, and a couple of the deckhands have jumped over to help run the Banshee, but it's not a big boat, you don't need a huge crew, and all of the officers of the ship have stayed over on it. People are hauling bodies that they need to give proper funerals to back over to the ship. You could probably help figure out the sails. Okay, I'm gonna do that, but before I do... I'm going to lean over the railing and yell back to all of the officers and the people that I know. We'll see you all soon. Thanks for everything. You all make your goodbyes, and the Banshee sails out of the Pearlport Harbor. From where you are, even with the speed of the Banshee, which is an incredibly fast ship, the captain still seems to eyeball that it's going to take a couple weeks to make it to Gimtarum. You spend the next several days just trying to rest back up from the ordeal that you've been through. Leo heals you all back up to your full capacity, but it doesn't mean you don't still hurt. Fee, you are bruised all to shit and moving around hurts quite a bit for a couple days. Leo's not doing much better. The captain broke several ribs and punctured a lung when Defiance threw him back into the railing, so he's being very tender with his movements throughout the next few days. You dropped a lot of big bad magic in that fight, so you're exhausted in an arcane sense, and physically, your nerve damage from the lightning strike is acting up. It takes you a little while for recovery. You're up and about on a stormy, gray morning, several days into your journey, moving up towards the deck of the Banshee, when you hear your brother cursing and shouting at somebody, followed by the sharp tones of Sabine reprimanding him. Ooh, uh-oh, I'm gonna go investigate that. You find Leo sitting on a stool on deck just griping for all he's worth, while Sabine is standing behind him with a hairbrush and a pair of sewing scissors, cleaning up the awful split ends of his haircut that he did with the sword back in Oskaya. She's got one hand planted on top of his head, pushing him down, going, 
Hold still or it's going to look horrible. And Leo snaps back, I would if you would stop yanking me around. I have a very tender scalp. Okay, well, now Fia's watching this just for the entertainment value. Leo pouts, but does sit a little more still upon the threat of his hair looking bad, and just kind of huffs at her. (sighs) Fine, just take it back up to about chin length. I don't think I'm going to grow it back out. It's lower maintenance this way. Sabine finishes cleaning up his haircut, at which point the captain comes walking across the deck, still being very tender with his movements. You notice he's keeping his arms tucked really close to his chest. I have to say, lad, you struck me as an honest person until I heard you put low maintenance on yourself in the same sentence. Fee pipes in. You should have seen his hair care routine when it was down to his hips. What will it take for you people to leave me alone? I think you, the captain, and Sabine, all three, share a laugh at your brother's expense. The captain laughs and then winces. (laughs) Ah, shite. Ugh, anyway. Sabine, captain's quarters for a minute, if you don't mind. Sabine frowns at him for a second, but then finishes up the last couple snips on Leo's hair, and then follows him across the deck and through the door of the captain's quarters. You're just left sitting there with Leo, who is fluffing his hair out and checking his reflection in a small hand mirror. Does the back look okay? I'm afraid she went for, like, the stacked look, and I'm not trying to look like somebody's mom right now. Okay, I checked that Leo's hair looks okay. (laughs) It looks fine. It certainly looks better than it did yesterday. You've been impressively, uh, blasé about how it looks for the last few months. Why the sudden attitude change? Well, other than that Sabine is the first person I've met in as many months that has an actual fashion sense that I trusted to help me with it. Insulted. Go on. Good. At any rate, we're gonna be back in Gimtarum soon, around people we know and our friends, and... And I just... I don't want to run back into people I know looking like a hot mess, is all. Why are you asking so many goddamn questions, Fee? Mm-hmm. She's gonna, like, sit next to him very primly, prop her chin up on a hand, and say, So, we're worried about running into people we know? Anyone in particular? Perhaps someone 6'2", long hair? Emphatically not. Leo winces pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Look, if all of this has taught me anything, Fee, it's that I shouldn't go where I'm not wanted. And Zed made that explicitly clear. I'm not wanted. So, I'm done pursuing that line of thought. But I know that if I run back into Mia, who you haven't had the displeasure of meeting yet, and my hair looks bad, I'm never gonna hear the end of it, so I just let Sabine give me a haircut, okay? It is that simple. Alright, alright, I'll stop pushing. She, like, reaches out and tugs on his hair a little bit. Ow! What part of tender scalp did you not hear, you asshat? (laughs) It looks fine. Stop stressing about it. While you're in close enough proximity, he reaches out and flicks you in the forehead. Ow! Hey! Look, fashion choices aside, I know we've got another week or so to come up with a more concrete plan, but... We really need to be thinking about what's going to happen when and if we get past that blockade. 
I, <laughs> um, again, I'm not going to go where I'm not wanted, but unfortunately that's the only person that I know is in Vogvoldor right now. I can start reaching out to some of my friends and trying to get a read on the situation with Ascending Spell to maybe give us a little bit of a direction. And now that I've got my magic back and didn't ask you last time, is there anyone you want me to talk to? If you felt comfortable reaching out to Fen or Kalesa, that would be appreciated. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. I'll get that handled here in the next couple days. I want to save most of my magic for making food and also because the captain won't fucking sit down and keeps re-injuring his ribs and making me patch him up. If you could frighten him a little bit, that would be appreciated. I'm not going to intimidate my boyfriend for you. Intimidate him yourself. I've tried. He won't listen to me. He'll listen to you. He likes when you do it. Fee opens her mouth, raises a finger, closes it, puts the finger down, and says, Gross that you know that. Narda arguing. Don't blame me. Blame him for having no subtlety. Anyway, I'm gonna go check on Lorelai. I'll see you later, okay? Yeah, later. Fee waves him off. Leo disappears below decks, and as you are starting to walk away and go about your own business, I'd like you to roll me perception really quick. Uh, that's a five. Um, actually, it's a 13. But I get a plus three to... What the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about your magical item leveling up. So, the gift of the Stormbringer has gained another level of functionality on top of your free luck feat that you basically get, where you can re-roll three rolls a day. You now have kind of stolen the rogue and bard feature, reliable talent. So any skill that you are proficient in, if you roll below a 10, you treat that roll as a 10. So Fee cannot roll below a 13 on perception now. That will be useful because I always seem to roll a nat 1 when I need a high perception roll. <laughs> So with that 13, as you are moving past the captain's quarters, you can hear the sound of the captain and Sabine having a conversation inside. It doesn't seem like a particularly heated conversation. Their voices aren't raised or anything. But you do hear the captain sigh in frustration and say, Look, I understand that we have a better view on the circumstances that led to everything now, Sabine, but we've still got a lot to forgive each other for. There's a pause, and then Sabine answers. And what, this is you telling me that you don't at least want to try? There's a noise of frustration, and then the sound of somebody scooting back a chair and standing up. Of course I do! But you were the one that taught me that optimism's not the advantage, lass. So all I'm saying is... If we can't... If shit goes sideways all over again... When the time comes, I'll get out of the way. Heavens know you two deserve to be happy. You hear the sound of something heavy being slammed down onto a table, and Sabine's voice, supremely frustrated, goes, 
You beautiful idiot of a man, that is not what anybody here wants. I... <sighs> you love her, right? There's another pause, and the captain goes, Hi. And do you still love me? There's another longer pause, and he is barely audible from the other side of the door as he says, I never stopped. Sabine makes another supremely frustrated noise and goes, then that's it. You realize that that literally can be it, right? I cannot believe I am saying this to you, the captain. Why are you overcomplicating this? I... I can't. I can't look at you right now. And then you hear footsteps, and the door swings open right in front of your face with a frozen Sabine in the doorway. Oh. Hi, Fee. Fancy seeing you here. <laughs> Hi. I heard you two arguing, and I figured I should stop and make sure everything was okay, because the last time you two argued, there were knives involved. Sabine gives you this wobbly smile like a woman who is on the absolute edge. Well, to be fair, there are knives involved in many of our interpersonal interactions. Will you please do something about this man before I kill him? And then she pushes past you out the door and walks away. You look inside this captain's quarters. You realize at this point that you haven't seen the inside of it yet. Everybody's kind of been staying in the crew's quarters since it's a smaller group of people sailing the ship. And also you reckon that the captain and Sabine would both feel very fucking uncomfortable sleeping in Defiance's room. It's a very richly appointed captain's quarters, table full of maps, little dining suite. The captain is standing up behind the little dining table, leaning on it heavily for support, and his breathing is a little rough as he has his other hand pressed up to his ribcage. Don't worry, lass. You'll hear when I really fuck up. That's when Sabine starts throwing expensive dishware. I don't know why you try to argue with her. Sabine doesn't start fights that she doesn't think she can win. Because I am a perfect storm of belligerent, stupid, and tenacious, and she knew that when she married me. <laughs> Yeah, we have that in common. Maybe she'll leave the two of us to be stupid and tenacious on our own. Would that make this easier for you? He kind of frowns at you, and then pulls the chair that he had just stood up from back out so he can sit back down. You know, the sad thing is I can't tell if you're asking that in good faith or just to be contrary. Either way, the answer's no. I don't think that'd make any of this easier for any of us. Neither do I. And yet, we have to have this conversation. Right you are. What part would you like to start with? The part where you knowingly got into a relationship with two people who've been trying to kill each other for the last 15 years? Or the part where we both care about you so much that we actually stopped trying to kill each other? Two things. One, to be fair, I didn't get involved with Sabine knowing that you two were married, so... Just to give me the benefit of that anyway. Two, not to sound too self-aggrandizing, but I would like to focus on the fact that you both love me. It's kind of a new feeling, I'm getting used to it. <sighs> you and me both. 
He just kind of reaches out one hand towards yours. I hate repeating myself, but I'm still parsing out some complicated interpersonal dynamics. I told you before that I looked at you and I felt like I was breaking a promise, that I made vows. And I did. I did make a promise. Promised on sea and stone, storms and salt, that I'd love that woman with my whole heart. But the thing is, loving her and loving you and knowing that you understand what it's like to love her too, that she understands what it's like to love you. It just makes me love the both of you more for it. It adds up on itself. Multiplies. I don't know, I've always been shite at maths. But the way I see it, that love just goes round and round. It keeps getting bigger. So I, I made a promise to love Sabine with my whole heart, but the thing is, with this, with all of us, I think my whole heart's big enough that it's going to take two people to carry it. You know, if you said shit like that to Sabine before she got mad, she'd probably storm out like a lot less in the middle of conversations. And then Fee's going to lean across the table and kiss him. He laughs and kisses you back. You haven't given me bad advice yet, lass. How about you go get her? Promise her I'll see reason if she comes back. He gives you this big, crooked grin and winks at you. I think it's about time we all got this sorted out properly. Well past time, but better late than never. And then Fee walks off to find Sabine. And as you do that, our camera pans out over the Banshee as it speeds across the waves, making its way towards Vogvolder. And that's going to do it for us for this week. Woof. Uh... I mean, yeah, we all almost died, but Fecule finally got their shit together. So I guess the DMs giveth and the DMs taketh away. I'm having a blast. (laughs) But we'll see if that continues next time. On Compelled Duel. Hey everybody, Barry here with the Postscript, just clearing up a couple housekeeping things here at the end of the episode. As always, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok, Duel. You can also find us on TikTok, Duel Audios, where we post audio snippets from the show. We have lots of other cool stuff to explore, including our official Spotify profile, our official website. You can find all of that linked on our various social media profiles. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, we ask that you consider heading over to patreon.com slash compelled duel, where starting at just $2 a month, you can get access to all sorts of cool perks like early access to episodes, access to exclusive playlists, and even bonus episodes and handwritten letters from your favorite character every month. On that note, we'd like to issue a special thank you to our new patrons, Lily Weeks, Aaron Genero, and Morbid Simplicity. Thank you so much for your pledges. 
If you're interested in supporting the podcast in ways other than pledging to the Patreon, we ask that if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, that you consider leaving us a rating and a review, since that helps get the show promoted to a wider audience and helps us grow our listener base. And as always, word of mouth advertising is the most powerful tool we have at our disposal. If you're enjoying what you're hearing so far on Compelled Duel, just tell a couple friends about it. And if they enjoy what they hear, ask them to tell a couple friends as well. Our next episode will be going live on Friday, October 8th, 2021, or if you are a member of the Patreon, you'll be getting your early access to that on Thursday, October 7th. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.